back to Real Perspective, the podcast based on a YouTube channel, based on a podcast. I'm glad I didn't mix up my intros this time. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. I'm Missy Lonsinger. And this week, we are here to talk about the Oscars, and we are here to do that with a guest. We are joined by Jordan Fulmer. Jordan, welcome to the show. Hey. Hello, thank you. How are you? I am good. I'm ready to talk about the Oscars, which historically have been fairly polarizing for a lot of film fans. Almost always. Yes. <laughs> they have never not been polarizing. So, yes. Uh, if you don't know what the Oscars are, I don't know why you're listening to this. But if you don't know what the Oscars are, they're the yearly awards <laughs> given by a giant awards body called the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. And they are the end-all, be-all of film-related awards, even though there are several smaller uh, shows in the lead-up to it that kind of help predict, sort of, right. we'll talk about Like that. the Golden Globes, yeah. Independent Spirit Awards, yeah. and yeah. so on and yeah, so yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They help predict the uh, outcomes. Usually, it's a weird year this year, um, mm-hmm. but that's why we are here to talk about the Oscars. We've done, I think, one other Oscars episode. Um, it's usually not something we cover, but it's been a while, and there's still kind of a pandemic a little bit still. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, pandemic. so where, where do you guys stand with the Oscars? And I don't mean the 2021 Oscars. We will get to that in a second. I just mean in general. Are sure. you fans? Are you... Do you not think awards should be given for art? I've seen that take a lot, um, et cetera, et cetera. Missy, we'll start with you. No, so like uh, when I was a teenager, like and first starting to get into film, like I was really into the Oscars. I, I was like, I was never into the Super Bowl, and I was like, this is the Super Bowl for artsy kids like me. Uh, and so <laughs> I always really liked watching them. And then like almost immediately, it was like, huh. Like, I feel like this was, like, I built this up more in my head. And, like, I liked when it used to be more fanfare. Like, I liked when, like, Billy Crystal would host and it was, like, mm-hmm. a big show and stuff. And then, you know, we got our Anne Hathaways and James Franco's. And then yeah. it's, like, just swiftly went downhill as we saw that the things that were being awarded were, like, huh. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm becoming less and less enamored with them. They're, it's starting to seem more archaic. Uh so yeah it's like i still pay attention to it i'm still appreciative it's like this weird place where it's like if the things i like get recognized then i'm like hell yeah and if they're not then i'm like the oscars are stupid (laughs) so (laughs) i'm somewhere in that that mix of things jordan what about you yeah okay so the oscars i think missy touched on it but like she called it the super bowl for like film critics and film nerds and such um yeah it's the entry point for a lot of us where we start to base what our taste is And we start to determine what we determine as um, good or bad. And it's kind of how a lot of us who are film fans learn to start classifying our art. You know, when I was a kid, we had an almanac on the toilet because that's where I was. Um, And then at the almanac, there would always be what won Best Picture each year. And I was, you know, I was young. So I was like, oh, wow, Braveheart's a good movie. Um, So, wow, hot take, sorry. Um, But anyways, so I started looking at Braveheart is great, excuse you. It's fine. Um, so we started looking into Oscars, and then that definitely was like, I like to see what films won what, and after a while, it started when I was early developing my film taste. As I've gotten older, I've definitely, like most people who, I don't know if you write for a critics magazine, or if you if you consider yourself a film aficionado, or whatever, but at some age, you become disillusioned with it. Um, and then you realize that a lot of it is populist entertainment and it's a lot of Hollywood types rewarding each other for doing the bare minimum in regards to um, what's good and what should be rewarded. Mm-hmm. Um, something I was literally looking at, I was like, I remember the year LA Confidential came out, I was like, that's one of the best movies. What came, what won that year? It's Titanic. Yeah. You know, bleh. So, you know. I like Titanic. And I, I, I do too. I enjoy Titanic very much. I had the double VHS copy. Oh, we all did. And yeah. it was too amazing. <laughs> and I'd always watch tape two because I was a sadistic kid who loved watching the, the ship break. Oh, and also when the dude 
bonks his head on the propeller. <laughs> <laughs> I know they should do like a boy effect. Um, but yeah, you know, they, they rarely award the films that I like. So nowadays sure. they're they are uh, they're the best for betting pools and drinking games. That's my opinion about the Oscars. That's fair. Yeah, I, I'm generally pro Oscar. I think nice. uh, I think it's neat when people talk about film on a large scale. So mm-hmm. sure. I think it's a net positive. Um, I don't think, I, and I think the the thing is, if you think critically about the Oscars for like two seconds, right. They kind of don't matter, and that's fine. Uh, sure. I, I don't think that's a bad thing, necessarily. Uh, you know, a lot of people take the aspect of, like, well, I don't believe in awarding art. Like, it could, should just kind of stand on its own, and people should like what they like. But, like, sure, I get that. But you can still do that. You can, like, it's, right. the Oscars don't take that away they from They can both occur. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm pro-Oscar, I think. And okay. then also, I think, Jordan, you hit the nail on the head that it kind of helps you determine what you like. Like a litmus. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, I remember being a kid Mm -hmm. and just thinking it was the biggest upset in the universe that Saving Private Ryan lost to to Shakespeare Shakespeare in Love. Love. Yeah. I had seen neither one of those films as I was 10 years old. And <laughs> but the idea of it. And pretty sheltered. Sure, sure. Uh, so I remember being incensed by that. Um, I just want to picture it 10-year-old. I, I think of, so for those who don't know, at one point MJ had, I don't know if it still is, your Twitter picture, right? It was little baby MJ. Oh, yeah. You drew your beard on it. Yeah. I picture you like shaking your fist to the gods and just like screaming That's why. That's basically what Perfect. it was like. Yeah. And also, I don't really know why my dad loved award shows. He was not, like, super into film. He was a musician, though, right? He was a musician, and he was a member of the Academy of Country Music for a long time. That's cool. So he went to the ACM Awards when they were in Los Angeles, like, every year. Yeah. So I think that's why he liked award shows. Makes sense. Now that I think about it, I've never put two and two together on that. But hey, uh, podcast is cheaper than therapy. So uh, anyway, so he would always watch the Oscars, even though he, like, never saw any of the movies. But um, That's like, you know, I, I have a theory about that. I think my parents would do the same thing, and then they're like, "We've only seen one of these. The best foreign film, we haven't seen any of those." Yeah. Um, but no, it was always like a cultural catch-up for sure. people. So people who didn't have the time to watch movies yeah. or people's parents, they'd always be like, "Oh, so that's that's what's in the thing. Have you right. seen this?" You well, know? once you know, like you said, like what to watch. It's exactly. like, "Oh, this is oh, okay. Well, I guess I need to check this one out." Yeah, or like my mom watches City. so many movies that way. She's like, "Hey, Jordan, have you heard of this? It's nominated." Yeah. I'm like, "Go watch it, mom. See what you think." Right? Yeah. So. Here's the thing, though. My parents never went to the movies. Yeah. So they never, like, would see what one best picture and then go right. watch it. Like, yeah. I remember them going to the movies without me exactly one time to see Get Shorty. It's the only time... <laughs> well, that, if there's going to be any movie, though. Get Shorty's <laughs> awesome. Uh, it's the only time I remember my parents, like, going to the movies without me yeah. as a child. Like, they didn't... Get d- this will probably get cut out. But they okay. didn't, like, go out without me all the time. Yeah, yeah. So... Well, because there's a big discrepancy right between you and your siblings in age. Yeah. 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 Um, but, like, they never, like, would get a babysitter and just, like, go hang out by sure. themselves. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I remember exactly one time where that happened. Anyway. So, I, I really <laughs> don't know why. I really don't know why my dad was super into the Oscars. But it got me super into the Oscars That's for awesome. years. And probably had a lot to do with, like, why I'm a film fan now. Right. Yeah. And... I don't know. I think they're fine. I like seeing the Best Picture nominees yeah. and being part of the conversation, and it's fun. And the sure. drunken Hollywood stars who yeah. are clearly I, inebriated. The outfits, guys. Yeah. Oh, the outfits. The outfits are actually really I interesting. Love the outfits. It's yeah. very intriguing. 
Yep. Lakeith looked awesome this year. Um, he he's so great. Yeah. I love him. Yep. Uh, Lakeith, so, if you're here, uh, come 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 hang out with us. Front front of the podcast. Lakeith's not standing, yeah. uh, in, Shout uh, out to you. Anyway, yeah, uh, uh, Oscar's good. Oscar's good is okay. how I feel, is I like how I feel about fine. them. Okay, so I think generally as a consensus, it sounds like MJ, Oscar's good, me, Oscar's cynical, and you're like an Oscar's neutral. I'm like, yeah, because so there's, a, there's a lot of nostalgia and a lot, like, I remember having a list at one point that I wrote down in a journal of every Best Picture winner ever, and I was like, I will watch all these, like, mm-hmm. by the time I die. And, like, and that was something that I thought was, you know, I, I do give some merit to it, I guess, in that sense. Where it's like, I, I recognize that these were viewed as being really good. And I, there's also the cynical part of me that's like, I recognize some of this is bullshit. And that's fine too. But it's like, they can both exist. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I recognize that Disney is a conglomerate that owns all of Anaheim. That's kind of a sickening thing. But I also love it. And I'm going to go get a churro and then walk down Main Street. So like, they can both occur. Exactly. You know I mean? eat, your, eat your churro so, too. So, my Mickey-shaped churro. Yeah, great. I think that's the thing too. Is like, very rarely do my tastes. Yeah. And the Oscars lineup, and I've said That's this fair. before, and it sounds like such a Tom Cruise ass thing to say, <laughs> where it's like he's too famous to like take a hard stance on anything. But like I, I've said this in regards to Star Wars in the past, but like my favorite genre of movies is movies now more than ever. <laughs> but like I just like watching movies. Like right. I will watch anything That's for fair. the most part, and so I like watching the award stuff. But I mean, if I had to like say my taste in movies, I really like action movies. Those never get nominated. I really like horror movies. Those never get nominated. Only for like sound or visual effects and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they have their exceptions, but you're right for the most part. Sure. Yeah. Return of the King. Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Uh, Shape of Water, technically. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's not good. Horror. Right? Um, Get Out got nominated for Best Picture, right? As that's it, true. That's as true. It should. Yeah, yeah Black Panther good. got nominated. Um, yeah. I question that decision, but whatever. That's fine. Um, good on the Marvel movie scale. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Relative scale. Uh, so I don't like put a ton of stock in the Oscars, sure. and I think there are some people who do that too much, and I think that's oh, maybe, I agree with that. yes. maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. not the best way to view your film uh, fandom. But I think it can be useful as like a hey, tool, like absolutely. Rotten Tomatoes. You know, yeah, absolutely. We recently watched a skit dealing with Charlie Brown, and I feel like those people who are like, <laughs> I can't believe this didn't get nominated again. It's like Lucy in the football. It's like, of course, every year, like if you're someone who takes the Oscars seriously, nothing you want to win is usually going to win. Yeah. If you make peace with that, they become a lot it's more tolerable. It's more fun. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's just like something, I, I feel like it's very old school. Like you said, yeah. maybe archaic, but it just yeah, feels yeah, like yeah. it could be like, it feels like the last bastion of water cooler talk. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <clears throat> yeah. Less and less so each year though, um, which we'll get into in a second, but... Better than the Golden Globes. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Um, but like, and it's, it's very rare, like I said, that my favorite movie of the year is this picture nominee. Sure. 2016 it was, and then it wasn't. Um, what was 2016? Lava Land. Ah, nice. Uh, yeah. So it wasn't Team Moonlight? For, for briefly. Yeah. Um, Briefs of moments. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I think they're fine, and they're yeah. good, and they can be fun to watch. Um, that said, they took a hit this year in that it was, it dropped by like 58% or Jeez. something. Was there still no host? Is that still our thing? Because... I don't know. So here's the thing, guys. We didn't uh, watch them. None, none of us watched them. Watched none of us watched the Oscars, <laughs> and... I didn't see so, and this is why I think I feel like we should be upfront about this. Yes, we didn't watch the ceremony, and we didn't see all of the nominees. <laughs> However, I think there is still merit in this because one, oh my god, we need content for this podcast. Two, um, I, I think it was a weird year. Yeah. I don't know if you guys knew it was kind of <laughs> off, and so because it was a weird year, 
the Oscars felt weird. Yeah. The Oscars just felt weird this year. Am, am I right? No, you're you're totally. <laughs> no, most people were like, movies came out this year. Right. Yeah. What it feels like this is more. I mean, I'm probably just trying to like save face for the fact that we didn't watch them all, but it's like. I don't think most Americans did. And I'm going to say right now, the real perspective is being uh, exemplative of how most Americans are. Because I don't think all of you guys watched all these movies, and I don't think you all watched the ceremony. So you're welcome that didn't we are representing you. A, didn't you have to get a YouTube premium account to watch it? Did you really? Or something? Yeah, I thought I or read the cable, you, which no millennials yeah, well, do. No, no, yeah, well, cable, what's that? But um, no, I thought, I thought you had to get like a YouTube premium to watch it live. Yeah. It's like, really? I'm not going to do that. So, yeah, yeah so... There's this weird thing that happens, and I'm glad we're talking about this now because this was one of the talking points that I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. There's this weird thing that happens around these like big water cooler like things that I think the old guard of like whoever is in charge of entertainment or whatever, or like, yeah. like the media conglomerates or whatever, really de- like clawing onto, and it's becoming less and less relevant, and it's frustrating because I would like to watch the Oscars. Sure. Instead, I watched Mortal Kombat. Um, so maybe I would not like to watch the Oscars. I also had a very good time with Mortal Kombat. Which will be nominated in next year's Oscars. Um, visual effects, maybe. There we go. Visual Uh, effects. And Best Supporting Actor, Sub-Zero. Get over here. Best Supporting Actor, Sub-Zero. Not the actor, just Sub-Zero. That's the guy from The Raid. Sub-Zero. Well, Sub-Zero, yes. Yeah. Um, He's changing his name. (laughs) I hate you. Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, so the the thing is though, there's like no access to things like the Super Bowl or the right. Oscars or the Grammys on these streaming services. Yeah, and that's what everyone has. That's, like yeah. get with the times, you guys. Yes. So I have a strong suspicion that that's why Oscar viewership is down because sure. no one has a way to watch the Oscars right. anymore. Oh, totally. And I, yeah, and I also say that what we're what we're talking about is still also relevant. I want to say phase two because the culture surrounding the Oscars every year there's this cultural critical consensus thing. We have to come: uh, are the Oscars still relevant, and why are we still talking about them? Mm-hmm. And I think that conversation it's like a it's like re-upping on a lease or something. It's it's you have to talk about it. You mm-hmm. have to talk about it. No, I agree. It does seem like every year there's some new thing where it's like, why are we still talking about the Oscars and yet we're still talking about them? Yeah. We're like, they've lost all relevancy, but let's talk about it for 55 It's the black articles. sheep of the film family. Yeah. yeah. But we keep talking about it. And we keep talking about so. it. Well, and, you know, people cite like, oh, I wish they would stop the political, you know, garbage spewing, but that's been right. happening forever. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Ever. Was absolutely. it Brando who refused his award? And, and like, it's a Native had, American. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that sort of left wing political slant has always happened at the yeah. Oscars. It's or never walking Phoenix happened. when he took bath salts oh, yeah, and went the, up and talked. The vegan stuff. Oh yeah. Oh my god, that was no. Weird. I thought that was the Golden Globes one that he had a weird speech. And I, I think it was the Oscars. Was it? I'm okay. almost because so speaking of because. I don't have cable. I think when we watched the Oscars last year, I, we were, I was like house sitting for my parents and they have cable. So oh, I was like, that was yeah. the only way we could watch it. Yeah. And we were watching it and he was like, milk, man. It's just awful. And it's like, what the hell is going on? What the milk man do to you? I pray. <laughs> my father. He's lactose intolerant. You see. Oh, me too, but you know. So yeah, I think that's the biggest barrier to it because if I, so yeah. with the Super Bowl this year, I'm not a huge football fan, but once again, Guess what, guys? Weird year. So I wanted right. something that felt a little normal. Sure. And uh, usually I go to a Super Bowl party with my family and I couldn't this year. Right. So what I did is I signed up for a trial of YouTube TV. Nice. And then I canceled that shit immediately. Exactly. Um, but I watched <laughs> the Super Bowl and that was the only way I could have watched sure. it this year. 
I wasn't going to do that again and like start a burner account no. like with a second email address. <laughs> Why or, not like, though? It's so much work. And yeah, no one does made, that. <laughs> they've made it such a... No, I will probably do it next year when we're in Colorado for the Super Bowl again. But... Um, uh, not MJ at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, but it just... It's such a pain to... Like they've made it so hard to watch. Right. And so if I like literally get access to... Sure. But I think that's the biggest thing that's shooting themselves in the foot. Well, yeah. Basically, the generational gap of what the Oscars used to mean versus right. what it is now. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Makes sense. And so I, I think that's the main reason why the Oscars are seeing a ratings dip. I feel like if they were easily accessible sure. via the uh, uh, some streaming service, mm-hmm. even for a premium, I think. Right. Uh, you know, within reason, people would pay to watch them. Right. Amazon uh, shows like live sports games. So like, yeah. why would you not be able to show an awards show? Yeah. It, doesn't, just it doesn't make sense. And you right. can get the award show over the air if you have one of those digital antennas. Sure. So you don't need to be paying for cable. Like it's right. relatively free, quote unquote. Right? Yeah. Um, so it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Anyway, that's our rant about Oscar viewership. <laughs> um, so let's get into this year's awards. Uh, were there eight films nominated this year? Uh, yeah. Yes. So there were eight okay. films nominated for Best Picture this year. And what were they? Jordan has them in front of me. I got them in front of me. I'll read them all to the people at home who don't know them. Um, Nomadland, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, uh, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7, uh, and Mortal Kombat will be next year. Yep. <laughs> yeah. How many of those did you guys see? Uh, I think we saw six out of eight. We did not see The Father. We did not see Sound of Metal. But yeah, we're upset that we didn't see The Sound of Metal. We'll get to The Father in 10 years when it's on TNT. I'm upset that we saw a Trial of the Chicago 7 and not Sound of Metal. Just to No, we, we're, we're both going to speak to that oversight. We wanted to see Sound of Metal. It was on our list. It, we have yeah. Amazon. It just, it's just, everyone has that one movie every year. They're like, ah. So essentially six out of eight. Six out of eight. Yeah, six out of eight. What about you, MJ? I got five out of eight. And it was weird because when they announced the the winners, I was like, oh, I didn't see anything this year. And Mm -hmm. so I was expecting to not uh, have seen many of them. I managed to see half of them before. Yeah. Well, over half. You got Uh, five. Well, I, so I watched the fifth one this last week. Oh, no. No, Madeline. Yeah. Yes. So when they announced the winner, or the, sorry, the nominees, I had seen Judas and the Black Messiah. Mank, Promising Young Woman, and Sound of Metal. Mm-hmm. And I was very impressed with myself because on a good year, I still don't see any other sure. nominees until yeah, like yeah. the two months leading up to the ceremony. So I was like, oh, wow. I feel like I didn't watch a single new release because I was busy with school and there was a pandemic. Sure. And, uh, and life. Yeah. Yeah. It just happens. And uh, so I just like, all, like going through my letterbox and seeing my 2020 movies that I watch, it's very minimal compared to... Yeah. A- any other given year. Yeah. Uh, I agree. On any given year, I'll see 100-something movies. This right. year, it was pretty low. Yeah. Pretty when it was low. a lot of like older movies. I think we had talked about this before. It was like not a lot of new releases. It was mm-hmm. like, I watched Godfather for the first time. Yeah. So, yeah or Trees Lounge like with Steve Buscemi. Which is a great movie. It was really good. And, but yeah. Huh? Anyway. All right. It's, um, it's good. You'll have to watch I've it. I've never heard of it. Uh, I don't even know how we saw it. We just found it and we watched it. I had heard about it. It was on the IFC channel all the time, which is how I, that cultivated a lot of my early film taste. Um, So anywho, jumping back to it. So the ones you didn't see, MJ, let me me just check, is The Father, Mm -hmm. Minotti, and Trial of Chicago 7. Yep. Okay. So we're all we're all pretty good. We've we've done a good job on the score uh, chart over here. So that's that's nice. Yeah. Wait, but so so none of us have seen The Father. 
No. Well, no. So every okay. year, there's okay. So one of my favorite bits: Hugh Jackman one time sang an opening number for the Oscars, mm -hmm. and it was with Slumdog Millionaire and all that was done. And he did a song for every one, and then he gets to the movie The Reader, which is this year's The Father, and he goes, "I didn't see the reader. I don't know the reader. I didn't see the reader." That was his <laughs> song. And The Father is this year's The, the Reader. reader. It's fair. the one that was probably least watched. It was. It's one of those emotionally engrossing dramas. Our grandparents probably, probably saw it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. probably maybe. really profound and good or maybe it's oscar bait who knows but whatever it is it's one of those movies like oh I didn't, I didn't see that one yeah every year has one that no one's hey i heard anthony hopkins was pretty good I, 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 yeah you know i'm curious to see it for the reason that i'm sure we'll get to about yeah. anthony hopkins but sure. i also think one i don't think people wanted a bummer drama this year right <laughs> I think that was Dude, it. Um, and it's about a guy dealing with dementia and a guy dealing with his father getting dementia. Right. So uh, it just doesn't sound like something I really want to watch right now. Like everyone's mental health took a hit. Yeah. And so, um, you well, know. None of these are uplifting. Just yeah. looking at this, these are all really rough. Well, I yeah. don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think actively like, I don't think any of these were as actively depressing as the father. Well, no, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like, I mean, there's like, you know, it is, but there's a lot of different, it's also got action thriller elements and it's yeah. gotten a lot of intrigue and it's got, it's got like kind of like, um, it's, it's the very like Donnie Brasco ish kind of feel yeah, yeah. and that makes it tense and entertaining if depressing. Whereas the father, what's the dramatic tension if Anthony Hopkins has dementia or not? Well, sure, yeah. I, I agree with that, but I'm saying like there's some years where it's like La La Land is up for it. There are years where we have uplifting, uh, you know, chariots of fire, things like that. These are all just looking at the list. These were, they weren't super uplifting, and that could obviously be a very big, well, no, because they would have been made before, but it, I mean, it's kind of a reflection yeah. of what we just went through. Like, these are all kind of rough topics to deal yeah. with. Yeah, I think Sound of Metal is probably the most uplifting okay. on that list, but sure. it, you gotta go through some stuff to get there, um, for sure. Minari yeah. was... I didn't was, see Minari. That so. one was, um, it was a nice slice of life movie. Yeah. I, I wouldn't call it depressing, no. but there are definitely moments, the moments that were hard to sure. watch in it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, like just because of the correlation. Nomadland yeah. too. Like I yeah. think Nomadland was crazy depressing. No, it was just it was real, and real life sucks, and that's what like some of these things were. Yeah. So of these films, were any of them your favorite film that you saw out of the twenty twenty films that you didn't see? Uh. Oh, who wants to go first? Oh, I, I can go you first. Can go first? Uh, Minari was one of my favorite films of the year. I was really happy to see that nominated. Um, a part of uh, a reason is that my mom immigrated over when she was pretty young from Myanmar, formerly known as Burma, and seeing an Asian immigrant story nominated for Best Picture and not like it usually is regarded to Best Foreign Film, which often mm -hmm. exoticizes another and is very insulting, it was, it was really cool to see that film on that scale get recognized. It's a beautiful mm -hmm. slice of life, coming of age film. It's a, n a normal film that, uh, here's the cliche you'll always hear that the Academy always overlooks. Yeah. But no, that that was one of my favorite films this year. Um, and then I'm sure MJ will tell you a little bit more later, but I was a huge fan also of Judas and the Black Messiah, mm -hmm. which was not my favorite film this year. But as someone who generally distrusts and hates biopics yeah, I fan. was very enamored with what I saw yeah. especially Lakeith that's great Lakeith come to the podcast please we love you friend of the podcast but yeah sorry <laughs> that, that, that's my piece yeah, Missy very good uh, I want to say Mank just to see you guys be upset because I'm I know upset. that I'm not even the three of us I liked Mank much more than anyone here. I'm not even going to look up from my phone <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, no. Um, I also, I really like Minari, but I also really like Nomadland. Um, there was something about it that just really kind of, it just felt so real. And, and this is like my, my thought with Frances McDormand in general is I think she's so lived in. Um, I appreciate her so much as an actress and I think the roles that she chooses just feel like there's nothing like super special. Like she's literally shitting in a bucket. Right. But it's just like. It's That's the it, meme of the year. It, it is, but it's also like it was so real. Like I remember crying during that at one point. So no, it was just like it. It just felt so real and lived in in a time when things are so tumultuous and just kind of like I don't even know what the hell to do. Like I'm just gonna try to find something, and it felt so like apropos. To, I'm sorry that I used the word apropos, but I did. So um, it just felt very apropos to like kind of where I think a lot of us were. It just felt very relevant. I'm um, very lived in. But that being said, I also really love Minari. I thought that was great. I thought the performances were excellent. Um, they all should have been nominated for acting, uh, and I'm really happy that supporting actress won. But uh, yeah, those two were good. I, Judas and Black Messiah was great. I did. Mank was not my favorite, but I did enjoy it. Uh, I, like I like Promising Young Woman. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, I, I don't think Trial of Chicago 7 should have been on there. I don't know why we're continuing to try to just give Aaron Sorkin all sorts of little Well, it's the yays. Hollywood elite that's like clapping itself. Like, it's like they're patting themselves right. on the back for like, this is an issue movie. It's like, I'm going to make a movie where we say Rosa Parks was the hero. And it's like, yeah, no one's arguing against <laughs> yeah. that. Like, yeah, no, no one's refusing that. that. Yeah, so it, it just felt very, like, cool. Like, you got your softball off the tee. Let's give you an award for it, because that's great. So, those are my thoughts. Um, I... Any given day, I don't think I fully hashed out what my favorite film of 2020 is yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Mank. Yeah, it was Mank. It was Mank. Um, yes, Mank. I win. It was the part of Mank where Bill Nye was there. Yes. Uh, oh, clear <laughs> highlight. No supporting actor nom. Yeah, I know. Completely wrong. Insulting. Wrong. Uh, Boycott the Oscars. <laughs> Justice so, for Bill Nye. Why Justice Oscars so Nye. not Bill Nye? <laughs> Oscars so not Bill Nye. Yes. <laughs> make it a hashtag. Uh, oh, Keith, make it a hashtag. The end why is I nigh. Hey, get out of here. Hey. Get out of here. You. Um, <laughs> Sound of Metal's up there. Yeah. It keeps flipping. I watch it. It keeps flipping day to day sure. between that and. Um... Do you want to see the list? No, it's not one of the other ones oh. on the list. It didn't get nominated for Best Picture. Oh. One Night in Miami. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. I really, really loved that movie a lot. I, I don't have know. thoughts about it. I don't want to it, talk it, about it. It, it, it just kind of came out of nowhere to me, sure. sort of. Like, I just didn't really know what I was getting myself into, and it was just really surprising. Um, and I really loved everything about that movie. I'm also a sucker for a chamber play, which we talked about off mic, I think is why... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said through, you like that aspect of it. Well, yeah, yeah, but I also I think that's why I stuck through Malcolm and Marie okay. because that all takes place in the same house <laughs> and it sucks. It's yeah. not a good movie. Um, but I was just like, hot take. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, this takes place all in one location. It's gotta be good. <laughs> like, that's well, my Malcolm and Marie movie. had Nickelodeon Choice winner Zendaya in it. Yeah, Teen, Teen Choice Award winner Zendaya. Yeah, and John David Washington screaming at the top of his lungs about film perfect. critics. Oh, perfect <laughs> for like. 10 minutes and I don't think I'm exaggerating. Oh no. It oh, was Why it was, was that lot. not nominated? It was a lot. Acting categories were kind of stacked this year. Oh, that so is. So as much as 
Are you rooting for early that? In the, early in the year, I definitely would have said Delroy Lindo, supporting actor. Mm-hmm. Sam oh, for Dark. sure. Supporting actor in particular was ridiculous. Let's see. If, well, can we talk about what supporting actor means that okay, well, Daniel okay. Kaluuya and so Keith were nominated? There was absolutely category fraud that happened. 100%. Uh, on behalf of Warner Brothers in that they campaigned Lakeith Stanfield as... Uh, Supporting. Supporting actor when he's definitely the lead of that movie. 1,000%. He is Judas. Yeah. He is the Judas. Yeah, he is the titular Judas. (laughs) Even Daniel Kaluuya is like... The eponymous blood Kaluuya is... is, He's like... He's a weird... Like, he's like a co-lead and I think there's an argument for supporting because of the vantage point. My my argument for supporting is the vantage point and also he disappears for a lot of the second act. That's fair. And that's very fair. I get that a lot more than I get Lakeith. No, Lakeith does not make sense at all. Yeah. Um, so the, 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 the nominees there were Daniel Kaluuya in Judas and the Black Messiah, mm-hmm. Sasha Baron Cohen in Trial of Chicago 7, Leslie Adam Jr. in One Night in Miami, Paul Racy or Rachi, I don't know how, I've no, I haven't heard it spoken out loud. Um, in Friend Sound of Show, Metal, sorry Paul. Yeah. And Lakeith Stanfield in Judas and the Black Messiah as well. Um, I didn't see Trial of Chicago 7, but I saw the other three. And as much as I don't believe Lakeith is... The supporting actor no. in that movie at all. No. Uh, it is an excellent crop of performances. 100%. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I didn't love Trial of Chicago 7. Sasha Baron Cohen is great. He's just okay. a great performer overall, regardless of your thoughts I on him. I think he's so good. He's, he's <laughs> Despite so good. his garbled accent in that oh, movie sure. he's like oh i got a five he was he sounded yeah. he sounded like he didn't know what accent he wanted to do but the emotionality no, was, was definitely great. there he was fantastic he was, he was the beating heart of that film he yeah. was and he was certainly better i was actually a little disappointed in that film by a lot of people thought jeremy strong from succession mm-hmm. would be a contender and he played uh this jerry garcia like character okay and he ended up coming off as Cheech and Chong yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, very much. I, I was really disappointed with that Was Sasha Baron Cohen Abby Hoffman? Is yes, he was yeah, Abby yeah, Hoffman. Yeah. And I can't for the life of me remember who Jeremy Strong was. But yes, he was yeah, Abby yeah. Hoffman. Um, well, but no, yeah. But I like the, also the, the, I like the topic of, of supporting versus uh, actor or whatever you want to call it. Because right. I guess there's a lead actor. Yeah. Because um, I know yeah. there was a big issue with uh, Mahershala, like recently, especially in Green Book, which already caused its own kind of controversy right. about whether or not that should have been best picture but sure. the fact that he won for best supporting when he was just as much of a leading role as Vigo and so it's just like if not more so I so. think that's again a question of I think they talk about vantage point but at the end of the day who cares I think it's a question of who's going to likely win in this particular like you said category it's political yeah. and there's category a lot of political yeah, I mean yeah. here's the other thing too right Anthony Hopkins wins best actor for and we'll talk about his win because there was some controversy around that sure. this year We'll talk about that later. I want to talk about that as the last acting category. But sure. uh, his win for uh, Silence of the Lambs is lead actor. No. He's in he's the supporting. film. He's in the film 14 minutes. Yeah. 14 minutes. And he makes that much of an impact. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, Heath Ledger is in The Dark Knight roughly the same amount of time. But he wins for supporting. Sure. Although you could make an argument that his presence, and you could make an argument about Daniel Kaluuya and Judas and the Black Messiah, right. that his presence is looms. also... Yes. It yeah. looms, looms over, over the, the picture. Film. Sure. So, you know, I think that... I, I honestly think that the Academy needs to clean up a lot of its rules. Right. I think that'll help viewership a lot, too. Sure. 
It needs technical rulings. It really yeah. does. Like yeah. if like if the performance is in less than half of the film, that's I'm sorry, but that's a supporting part. Yeah, no matter how much it looms, right? Like yeah. that, that's a tonal thing. That's something that happens in the edit. That's right. not part of the performance necessarily. No. Um, you know, and it helps that the performance can support right. the fact that the presence of that character would loom over the course of the film. But yeah, right. I think if if they're not if I think it, it should be screen time because. Sure. Uh, screen time is, is, you know, where the performance actually happens. Right, right. Yeah, and there's no minimum for that. I mean, Judy Dench got a nominee for Shakespeare in Love, and she was in the film of all of, what, seven minutes? Sure. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, and that's why, yeah, and, and, yeah. So impact, you know, I don't think there's, like, a minimum, but there should definitely be, I mean, like, you have to, yeah, like, there should definitely be a minimum for leading right, role right. and not leading role. Like, if you're, like, Lakeith, like, we just watched this recently, Lakeith is in all of the film. Yeah, he's yeah. in almost every he is scene. The film. Yeah, no. So this this is not a supporting yeah. thing, and it's really an insult because Lakeith, uh, any other year, uh, to talk about his performance, right? Wow. Well, and then to yeah. pit them against each other in the same type of role when they weren't, it's like one was more supporting and one was driving the yeah. entire film, and it's like, but let's just put them in the same so that only you know, one can win. It kind of reminded me of the assassination of Jesse James uh, mm-hmm. v. Robert Ford, yeah. but in that one, Casey Affleck was nominated for supporting, mm-hmm. you know, in that case, and he was probably around, like, it, it kind of reminded me of Kaluuya, where in Lakeith, it's this whole thing, because, like, Lakeith was put in supporting, even though he's the lead, and wasn't mm-hmm. Casey also put in supporting? I, I don't remember. Like, yeah, I think he was also put in supporting, mm-hmm. where he was also kind of, like, the lead. lead. Yeah, yeah, the movie's told from his perspective. Yeah, and sure. Jesse James, like, it's kind of like he looms, like yeah. the Brad Pitt role, and in yeah. this case, the Kaluuya role, like the guy who betrays the it's monolithic. Similar, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very similar, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's just odd. It, people are strange. The movie goes on for a half hour after Jesse James dies. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an odd choice. Yeah, it's really weird, and I think the Academy needs to do something about that because I think we're starting to see a lot of stuff like that happen. The category mm-hmm. fraud is getting rampant, apparently. Sure. And, you know, stuff like Hamilton, like we talked about, I think that would help viewership, too, is people feel like they have a clear-cut idea of what the sure. rules actually are. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I also think that it took up the, the, the spot that could have gone to... Delroy Lindo. It took up the spot that could have gone to Bill Burr. Like Bill Burr's incredible oh, sure. in King of Staten. He's really great. I really like him. He's he 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 like he's his, his exterior gets melted throughout, yeah. especially when they're uh, kind of uh, grouping together and bonding at the fireman's house, yeah. the fire station, mm-hmm. and it, that was really good. Yeah, um, but Delroy Lindo's like descent into madness, apocalypse now moments in The Five Bloods is super good. Like yeah. I just feel like. I feel like the Keats taking up the space of someone who's more deserving for a truly supporting role, and that mm-hmm. sucks. And you know, I think it, it, it just was a strong year, which is good. I think that's a good thing that we sure. have this wealth of options. So why would we not honor that? You know, yeah. well, it's like we did that with Best Picture, where it's like all of a sudden we're like, let's start increasing the number we can have. Why not have more actors up for it? Because yeah. sometimes they're. Yeah. I would even argue a lot of times I see more better performances than I do better films. Like yeah. I'm oh, finding myself increasingly saying the film itself wasn't great, but the performances were awesome. And so it's like, why are we not having more actors out there then? Instead of just trying to lump a thousand films in that weren't great, let's get more actors. That was uh, a really good point. 
Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, increase the number of acting noms for sure. Because yeah. that seems to be the issue every year. Because not every year do we have enough movies no. that, that deserve a nominee for Best Picture. There are plenty of years where there's a drought. But for actors, yeah. it, no, I've never seen the bottom of the pot for the films. We're like, I mean, I guess it'll do. We're Starbucks. We're saying, I guess yeah. this is coffee enough for you. And, and yeah. not well, always the case. We have so many actors. Yeah, I mean, we're shutting them out. so many actors. I don't get it. Yeah. So speaking of of that, uh, let's move on to actress in a supporting role. Where yeah. we had uh, is her name Yu Young Yoon. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Okay, um, for Minari, Maria Bakalova for Borat uh, Two, Glenn Close <laughs> for Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman in The Father, and Amanda Seyfried in Mank. Um, uh, this 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 was a. I feel like it was a shut and close what? case, right? Yeah, so this oh, year for was her it, winning, I mean, well, you yeah, she won. She yeah, won, yeah. which I didn't see, but I based on she deserves. Oh, she's it. great. Yeah. She deserves it. Um, although, can we just say that? Uh, so we haven't seen it, but we we've heard that Hillbilly Algae is shameless awards bait. It certainly looks mm-hmm. so. They what it's based off of has been accused of being very condescending to mm-hmm. people in the south. I can't speak on that. What I can speak to is uh, Glenn Close. Please stop trying so hard to get an Academy Award. You know, quit doing movies in which you fight voraciously to be so different from the person you are. Just just be natural and people will give you an award. Dude. End of PSA. Glenn Close is the losingest nominated actress in Oscars history. You know what? Is she deserves true? to because is Albert Nobbs was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Albert Nobbs is awful. Ugh. Oh no. Uh, yeah, she's lost every time she's been nominated. Oh no. And does not have an Oscar as far as I know. Um, That's. I'm fine with it. Hey, you know, she's trying. I'm fine with yeah. it. Olivia Coleman. I, I didn't see the father, I but uh, so I can't speak to that. Amanda Seyfried. I don't remember a single thing she did in that, that movie. She was fine, she and was... I liked Make more than either of you. She was fine. Amanda Seyfried is such a vanilla actress. Um, I, I kind of remind myself, it reminds me of the time, and I like Kate Blanchett quite a bit. It reminds me of the time that Kate Blanchett was nominated for her SNL caricature of Catherine Hepburn in The Aviator. Oh my gosh, I love that movie, but yeah, she's really bad. She's really bad. And you know, it just reminds me of that where it's like, I'm talking to this day. I'm a Hollywood doll. Ha ha ha. Like, there wasn't a lot of depth to Amanda Seyfried's performance. It was fine. She peaked with Mean Girls. Okay, so how is it that we have so many good male supporting actors? And this could be me because I, I have said this before and I'll say it again. I'm much more critical as an actress of other actresses. I have to believe that there were better supporting actresses out there. How is this what we got left with? I don't know. Oh, Maria Bakalova was excellent. In I'm actually fine no, with the Borat was. nom. She was great. No, Ironically, she was the great. Borat nom is fine. Minari yeah. was great. I didn't see The Father, but I, Olivia Coleman's a great actress. I'm sure she was wonderful. Right. I, but like, were there no other supporting actresses that were great this year of the things that we've even talked about? Well, actually, the, the young woman who was in Judas and the Black Messiah. She was great. Who was also in that movie Power Something with Jamie Foxx and all them. I can't remember her name, but she was fantastic. The Mm -hmm. woman who was the lover of Fred Hampton. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, She was fantastic. I would have put her... I would put a lot of these people. Steve Yeun's wife. Steve Yeun's wife and Minotti was was better. Yeah, Glenn Close and Amanda Seyfried as slim pickings in this category. I mean, Marissa Tomei and King of Staten Island. Yes. Oh, honestly, yeah. So why are we... Marissa Tomei in anything. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to play the gender card, but why? Why? Why is this happening? I I, I think we've touched on this category enough. Yeah, Yeah, I think so too. So uh, best... uh, We'll do best actress in a leading role. Francis, which was kind of a foregone Obviously. Yes. Uh, Obviously. Wins for Nomadland. Viola Davis in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which I didn't see. 
She's Andrew Day uh, in United States versus Billie Holiday, which I didn't see. Right. Vanessa Kirby in Pieces of a Woman, which I didn't see. Right. And Carrie Mulligan in Promising Young Woman, which see. was great. Oh, yeah, and perfect. she was excellent in yeah. it. A weird thing that happened is I think it was this category. Mm-hmm. Each actress won one of the major uh, awards leading up to. Oh, is that true? Yeah, I think so. It was yeah. it was this one or, or supporting where no, each one of the nominees won one of the different awards. And usually that's not the case. Right. So headed into the night, it was like someone could pull an upset in actress, even though it was sort of a foregone conclusion. That's awesome. Conclusion if that... it was going to be anyone to pull the upset, I think it would probably be Carrie Mulligan. Sure. Um, yeah. I know there was a lot of hoopla about her performance in Promising Woman, which was, which was well deserved. I thought she was great. so good in that movie. She yeah. really was. She had a commanding presence, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, if you think about Carrie Mulligan, right. you don't think of her nope. as a commanding screen presence. No. Nope. Um, so it was a really it was nice like turn Daisy for Daisy and Gatsby and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and in Drive, she was similarly ephemeral. Yeah. Um, the only time I could think of anything similar was when she was inside Lewin Davis, where she was sure. very mm-hmm. forceful. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's really good in that movie. Uh, she is. Is she also in uh, that other Ryan Gosling joint, uh, Blue Valentine? Is that her? No, that's Michelle Williams. Mm. I get them confused. They're both ephemeral oh, indie scarlets. Fair. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> yeah. All white chicks look the same. <laughs> womp womp. Womp womp. Um, da, I don't know. Da, any da, strong da, opinions da. from this category from anyone? I, I, no, Frances is incredible. She's, She's amazing. I mean, yeah. I, I think she deserves all the hype that Meryl Streep gets. Honestly. I fully, okay, so hot take. I mean, I guess not. I, Meryl Streep does not deserve the kind of acclaim that she's gotten as opposed to Frances McDormand. Frances McDormand, and I've said this before, is so lived in, and I think I've said it before on this podcast in this very episode, but she everything she does is so studied and so nuanced and feels like a real person. Yeah. Like, it's almost like I'm watching a documentary even though I know it's film because I'm like, you're a person who has studied this character and you've lived in this for a long time. And it's just fun to watch. Even in a movie as outlandish as Burn After Reading, mm-hmm. she's, some, great. she's somehow believable. Yeah, I love yeah. her. Yeah. 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 Viola uh, Davis was great too, but I, you know, Frances McDormand, I'm not crying that she won it. She was great. Yeah. Ma, yeah. Ma Rainey's was solid. It's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so speaking of Ma Rainey's, uh, best oh. actor in oh, leading oh. role. So we had winner Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Riz Ahmed in Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Gary Oldman in Mank for some reason, Stephen Yoon in Minari. <laughs> Should have been winner. And, uh, so there was some controversy around this one because although we did not watch the Oscars, uh, I saw a lot of tweets about the Oscars and it sounded like everyone had a collective hallucination that was the Oscars and not actually the Oscars because <laughs> the ceremony sounded buck wild off the rails, Union Station pun intended. Uh, and the big thing that was a bit of a controversial move before this even happened is they put Steven Soderbergh in charge and Steven Soderbergh was like, time to be Steven Soderbergh and fuck with the Oscars. So he had Best Picture announced Right. Before Best Actress and Best Actor. I did hear that. I didn't know that was him. Okay. Yeah, so he directed this year's Oscars. That's why. Okay. As soon as that happened, everyone, like I saw every, Mortal Kombat had just finished rolling credits before <laughs> that happened. And just like Chaos Reigns yeah. started happening on my timeline <laughs> on Twitter. Chaos Reigns. And everyone was like, oh, it's a foregone conclusion. Chadwick Boseman right. wins the award. Right. We go out on a big emotional note. Movies, now more than ever, but from the player. Oh, no. Credits, right? Instead, what happens? Get up there, read the nominees. Best actor in a leading role. Anthony Hopkins, who was not even in the conversation. Not even there, right? 
so was first not in the conversation, did not win any of no. the awards leading up to sure. it. And then they go, Mr. Hawkins could not be here tonight. That's the end of the Oscars. Goodbye. See y'all later. <laughs> to be fair, oh, Anthony no. Hopkins occupies the same space as Abe Vigoda and Peter O'Toole, where a lot of people actually thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> God. Sorry. Anyways. Um. So, yeah. <laughs> a lot of pe- it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Which yeah. none of us have seen it. So Right. So It I, could I, be the best thing. A lot of the tweets I saw were like, no, he earned it. Like, okay. a lot of the tweets I yeah. saw were like, it is, he is a revelation in the film. He's it's excellent. One of the top comments on every video say, no, it was correct. Okay, that's good. Um, he's a good, he's a great yeah, actor. But that does raise the conversation, like, about the posthumous Oscars. Like, sure. You know, does someone earn a role strictly for the fact they've died? We've seen it before with Network, which MJ, you dropped earlier. Mm-hmm. I fully am on board with that because that's one of my favorite movies. I think it's, which like, was Peter Finch, right? Yeah. Peter Finch. And then obviously with Heath Ledger. Right. And well, so to be fair... Take, I think that Robert Downey Jr. should have won that year in Tropic Thunder over Heath Ledger. I thought that was a better performance. All right. Hot take indeed. Take. I like it. Um, but that being said, like I will say, having seen Ma Rainey's, uh, Chadwick did leave it great. all out there. Yeah, um, it was great. Chadwick's performance, I was prepared to find it overrated because in the past, let's be honest about Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman was the go-to actor for every lazy biopic that was like, we need a historic black figure. Yeah. Whether it be a judge, I, uh, whether it be uh, Marsh- Thurgood Marshall, whether it be Jackie James Robinson. Brown, Jackie Marbson, he was always okay. He, he was actually pretty damn good as James Brown. But either way, he was always... He was really good at that movie. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. But he was always just the go-to biopic guy. And in Black Panther, he was solid, if unspectacular. He was a workman-like actor, mm-hmm. kind of like Denzel and Tony Scott's films, uh, where he was just there to move along the plot. It wasn't about a, a, a part of great emotional depth. Sure. And then we see Ma Rainey's... That's great. And he acts up a storm. So, I haven't seen it, so... It's almost like you get... Well, and I don't want to, again, because I think people put this on. I think we've talked about this. Sure. People try to put this on Chadwick where it's like, you can tell he knew this was his last performance. I don't... And it's uh, like... I don't like that. I don't want to say that, but it was like, Riffs. there was... And it, it could be... Maybe he's more of a theater person. Maybe that would have been more of his calling. Mm-hmm. Like, it could have just been the script. He was excellent. It was so different. And again, like I use the word lived in or the phrase lived in a lot, but it felt just very real and it was very, very good. And it wasn't just because it wasn't just like uh, nostalgia blinders because oh, he's dead. It's like, it was just really, really freaking good. Yeah. And and he was fantastic, but you know, I understand people's frustration with it, but at the end of the day, it seems like a lot of people agreed who have actually seen the father (laughs) slash the reader, um, that, uh, Anthony Hopkins deserved it. So, and that's fair. I I personally haven't seen the father, but I like Steve Yen, uh, actually more than Chadwick Boseman's performance. Yeah, I agree. It was, uh, to me more subtle Mm -hmm. and less attention grabbing, but lived in, (laughs) lived in. But also uh, very emotional, and uh, I, I very much enjoyed that performance as well. Um, but what I think both these men yeah. want to say is that they wanted Gary Oldman and Mank to win. And no. That was the best performance? You know, it was better no. than uh, Darkest Hour. It was better than Man of played the Mank? SNL fat suit version of Winston Churchill. Uh, I thought they were about the same. Uh, <laughs> I did not like his performance. Well, hold Mank. on. Gary Oldman, let's give a little devil's advocate. I... I didn't hate Mink as much as MJ, but I didn't like. I didn't love it as much as it, MJ. It was fine. I didn't love it, but I, I liked my it my opinion of, of of Mink is C, That's C true. on the grading scale. But Gary Oldman's dinner scene in Mink was actually pretty That's impressive. True. Okay, he, that's the best scene in the movie for sure. That's, that's what got him the Oscar yeah, yeah. nom, one hundred percent. The the, uh, the one where he's drunk. Yes, yes. Yeah, correct. In Hearst Castle. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, that was a really good one. That is a very good performance in that one scene. Um, oh, shush. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, to me, from from the stuff I saw, Riz Ahmed, no question, he's yeah. incredible in Sound of Metal. Good. I completely understand why he probably wouldn't win yeah. in this pack of actors. Sure. But any other year, I mean, and a weird thing to me... Uh, to be the weird king of Staten Island guy, like mm-hmm. I, I maybe would have argued for Pete Davidson. Okay, I okay, I think I think you're movies. overstepping a little. I bit. thought he was excellent in that movie. I thought he was super good. I thought he was good. I think he's okay. Hold on. I think both can occur. I think he's so much better than anything we've ever seen on SNL because it's like, why the hell is he still a cast? Because he can't he do impressions literally for shit. nothing. Okay, he contributes nothing. Counterpoint to, the show. to that: Chad is like the funniest thing. Okay, SNL it is. Done in like it's, 10 it's, years, it's, or since Bill Hader's. Like that is a years. funny character. It is funny. You know, you don't but, have to be a chameleon to be a great actor. Exactly. Right. Sometimes playing up parts of your persona works. Sure. Um, I think it was such a nice. It's almost like, oh my gosh. If I just served you like burnt meatloaf for like five years and then all of a sudden I gave you like a frozen pizza or something and you were like, this is the best food I've ever had. Missy's the best cook ever. And I'm like, yes. And that's the best analogy I could do where it's like, I think he's delivered such bad performances, burnt meatloaf, and then all of a sudden he gave us a frozen pizza. I I totally agree with that. But I think he was was very good. It delivered more than I thought he was capable of. So I think... And again, as a teacher, I want to recognize all games. So I'm like, good job, Pete. You get a gold star on that one. That was really good. But I I don't know that I would put it amongst some of these other actors. Um, but I thought it was very good. I thought Bill Burr was great. Yeah. I think Bill Burr needs to do way more acting. Yeah. Way more yeah. acting. Yeah, I was going to say, if we're going to, get, if we're going to award Pete Davidson for playing himself in King of Staten Island, <laughs> then James Franco was actually really good at playing himself in This is the End because he's <laughs> actually a pretentious, annoying blowhard. And he played that right. So it kind of reminds me of that. Like, Pete Davidson played into his persona he was good. There was he was afforded a little bit more emotional depth. It was but, better than uh, I'm sure we thought it was going to be. But uh, I think I think best actor is a bit of a stretch. I don't know if I would have given him the award. I would have I would have slid a nomination in his right. Well, you would have awarded him over Gary Oldman. Oh yeah, I definitely would have probably. No, um, but to Riz Ahmed's credit. Riz Ahmed's amazing in oh, everything I've seen. Uh, Nightcrawler as a supporting actor, yeah. also in he's the Night of one. HBO. Oh, yeah, I didn't see it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he's a fantastic actor. He deserves any accolade like he gets. Yeah. Man, he's so... You guys got to see Sound of Metal. We it's have to see so it. so freaking good. Yeah. We realized today we hadn't watched it yet, and we're like... Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, so I don't want to spend too much time on the below-the-line categories, especially because we've been recording for an hour and a half. Sure. Um, <laughs> but I will say, Mank cleaned up below the line. Yeah. And I hate it. <laughs> it, was, it was... He's lying, guys. He's we never did our Mank episode. We never did our Mank episode. MJ got too drunk after one Spoiler show. Spoiler alert. Missy liked it. And okay. these two did not. So hold on. Missy liked it a lot. Jordan thought it was fine. MJ actively disliked it. So here's the thing about Mank. Here's <laughs> the thing about Mank. Where do I begin with this thing? It's so, not that bad. Let him say. Let I him think. Say. What, uh, I need. I need to start out my thoughts. I really. I thought Mank was the most Oscar bait, navel gazing. We are going to do this masturbatory tribute to old Hollywood, specifically to win Oscars, movie that I've seen. Since the artist, right? And oh, that's fair. So, I, like, when when that movie started, and <laughs> I saw I saw that they were doing the locations, they just like control C, control V, them out of the script for like exterior day, 
the ranch or whatever. And I was like, oh, no, we're doing this? Like, <laughs> it just seemed like the most base level how to get... Like, it it, it felt like they... It felt like Fincher and his... Was it his dad? Yeah, right? Jack, Jack yeah. Fincher wrote yeah. it. Yeah, so Jack Fincher Which, wrote it. A lot of script edits, though, I heard from his right. original. Sure. It felt like whoever was involved, they all read How to Win an Oscar for Dummies and then just did <laughs> everything in the book and nothing else. Which is how I feel about most biopics. Just sure. throwing it out there. I like that. So on top of that, though, they tried to light the film. They shot it in black and white, which I'm usually for. But then David Fincher and his marriage, and I'm, I don't have an opinion really on the film versus digital thing. Shoot whatever looks best is how I feel about mm. it. The thing is, film looks better in black and white than digital does. Yes. Uh, so it looks like garbage. Like it was nominated for cinematography. <laughs> I, did it win? It may have. I think it won Best Supporting Actor for Bill Nye. <laughs> yes. Well, that Bill is a foregone conclusion. Um <laughs> Let me see. Uh, yeah, so it won for Best Cinematography, but it was lit like garbage. It had that weird Spielberg soft lighting that he's been doing late in his career that I hate the look of. And it just, like, the HDR 4K, like, high-resolution digital photography was completely at odds with the time period they were trying to evoke and the aesthetic they were trying to evoke. I and the, the, Like, it just it felt so stupid. <laughs> so on a technical level and what the film represents is what annoys you. Yes. Okay, because, you know, a lot of film historians hate that movie, too. I've been watching, like, from the reverse shot, a lot of their podcasts and mm. things. And the biggest thing, and I, I would have mentioned this in the Mink podcast, so I'll be brief, but it was based on a flawed thesis, is what most people were saying. And mm. I think I've said this to you guys before. So, Pauline Kael wrote that the real ownership of a lot of old Hollywood films, the famous critic Pauline Kael, and that or uh, the Citizen Kane was not the product of Orson Welles. Mm -hmm. A lot of it was Mank. You know, mm -hmm. this was his brainchild. And it was funny because a lot of film historians at the time, because they respected her so much, were like, yeah! And then they took a second glance at what she had written, and they were like, wait, this is actually inaccurate. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the perceived authorial intent or a lot of the perceived author ownership from Mank versus Orson Welles uh, to this was greatly inflated. And we all know that Fincher takes liberties with reality. Look at the social network. Uh, well, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah. that, that, apparently that movie was full of BS. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I love that movie. So I you don't need to have a fidelity to reality to be... Anyways, we don't have to have a fidelity to reality to be good. But I heard, that the, bastards. <laughs> I heard that the <laughs> thesis it's based off of is just yeah. downright wrong and insulting sure. so to I, Orson Welles. I don't really have a problem with that because to me it's not, it's not a movie about Citizen Kane and the making of Citizen Kane. Right. It's a movie about Donald Trump and um, <laughs> hot and, takes and That's, socialism you know, like and yeah. like it's it's like it's like a a, a a PSA for like democratic socialism and that's sure. fine. I, Trump allegory? Yeah, I think so. That's um, fair. And, you know, I think they they put Bill Nye in there as Upton Sinclair running for governor. Wait, is Louis B. Mayer Trump? What? Uh, no, I was thinking Hearst. Yeah. Oh, Hearst yeah. makes a lot that's more sense. Saying. That makes more sense. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah. you know, they, they, they paint Upton Sinclair as kind of the, the unsung hero of that. Right. Like he got the, the Bernie Sanders. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. absolutely. He wrote oil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And, uh, what is it? Jungle of the Midwestern Sea? Or, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Wait. The, yeah. Jungle. The, the, the Jungle. The Jungle of the Midwestern Sea. Jungle of the Midwestern Sea is a concept punk album based off the Jungle. Sorry. Great, I love it. Um, Deep cuts. 
from a Christian heart, uh, a Christian Celtic punk band called Flatfoot Fifty Six. Perfect, um, perfect. Now you know. Anyway, uh, it's a good album, and uh, so yeah, it was just like a it was it was a campaign ad for Bernie Sanders, which once again is fine. I feel like it immediately mm. dates the movie. Yeah. Um, but so to, that that I'm kind of fine with them saying. No, I think I think I don't have a strong opinion personally, but right. I know that that's why a lot of people have had qualms with the film because it's based off of a fundamentally incorrect thesis. Sure, which, I don't know. Which I I don't care as much. I like creative liberties and such. But I found that interesting yeah. because there are a lot of people who are scholars and lovers of what Orson Welles have done, and the film utterly trivializes his input to him being a big egomaniacal baby. Oh, yeah. Which it I definitely think, hates Orson Welles. Well, it kind of reminds me in the weirdest analogy ever. The 1999 film The Mummy. Because in that film, they chose Imhotep as the lead villain when Imhotep was like widely regarded as this innovator of Egyptian culture mm. who was actually brilliant and helped a lot of things. I don't know if it was architecture or medicine or whatnot, but they essentially demonized someone so that forever everyone thinks Imhotep was like an evil priest. In the same way, this film, I wonder how people watch this and they go, well, wow, Orson oh, Welles was a big, dumb baby. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's kind of shitty. But then they watched that video of him doing the champagne ad. And it's the best thing ever. Yeah, and you know, it, it's one thing to shit on Zuckerberg, because who cares about history? Because we all hate Zuckerberg. Yeah. Yeah. But like, Orson Welles was pretty damn talented and innovative. Maybe we shouldn't crap on his grave. I I liked me I like stylized shit though I think I as soon as I saw the cigarette burns I was on board I was like oh but that's the most oh, obvious shit. hey of takes. hey here's the thing don't shit on my taste I can like things that no, are not overly taste, stylized not taste, takes, takes. oh that's fine like it's like no. it's like if you're trying to show a film's old school that's like one of the first things you I do I don't care. Mm. I don't care. I liked it. I agreed that the political statements was like, cool, we get it. Socialism's awesome. Like, let's go jack off to socialism some more because that's right and everybody else is wrong. Capitalism is evil. We get it. But it's like, I, I like stylized stuff every now and then. I think it's really fun. The cigarette burns are when Kristen walked out. I, I, that was, the, that was I thought annoying. I was like, oh. I thought it was the, so the fun. Cigarette burns, the cigarette burns are when I turned it off the first time, and then the cigarette burns are when Kristen walked That's out. That's so dumb. <laughs> well, you, you know why the dumb. cinnamon burns? It's kind of like when they would do those grindhouse movies, and that came into culture again, and they were like, "Oh, look, there's lines in the frame. Oh, feature presentation. It's so I masturbatory. Old Hollywood crap. I liked it. I don't care. Well, I respect that you no liked one, it. Thank you. No one can convince me otherwise. I but the, the cigarette burns, that's what warned you Yeah, over? I liked it. I there's so much nostalgia for that with me because of when I first started studying film and so I was like oh I like this I think it's like paying attention to something and it's something we don't always see always and yes I know that it's an obvious take but I still think it's nice I can think that it's nice and have it be nostalgic so the reason I didn't like it though is because he didn't shoot the damn thing on film sure so it's It's an obvious adaptation and I I agree with what you're saying because I do think the digital film in black and white looks like shit it doesn't look good I agree he does digital but then adds a cigarette burn in what that was my thing too is I was like okay what are we doing here like what's what 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 are we like this is completely aesthetically confused yeah just shoot it in fucking real film then so the other thing he did is he did this bizarre sound design that uh, it's it just super echoey for no reason. Wait, MJ, I think you should preface this with Mink got nominated for its sound design. Yes, so Mink got nominated for sound design, and I am by trade an audio engineer, and I am very precious about the things that get nominated about sound. <laughs> it is often the category I invest myself the most in so, most years. Sure. Um, and so 
the the sound stuff I get really into every year, and I thought Mank sounded like trash. I thought Mank was one of the worst sounding movies I've seen maybe ever, especially for a film that came out in the 2010s. Oh, no. Um, it, it's this weird echoey... I understand what he was trying to do. He was trying to make it sound like an old-timey movie theater, mm-hmm. and this might have sounded different in a theater. So I, I do reserve myself to that. The film did not come out in a theater. It came out on Netflix. Um, and so I just watched it on my TV. So I just had to watch it with subtitles because I couldn't understand it because it was so echoey That's fair. and stupid. And I hated it. Well, you know, you're so, not the only person who had troubles. Uh, a lot of people said they had trouble yeah. hearing the film. Yeah. That was a common complaint. Yeah. And so it got nominated for sound. And I was like, oh, my God, it's going to win sound, isn't it? Because it tried this like weird, in-your-face, stylistic thing. And that's how the Oscars work. And that's how the Oscars work. And then it started cleaning up on the below-the-line categories. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> on the other hand... Sound of Metal is maybe the best sound design I've ever heard in a movie. Like, yeah. it is so, there was so much care that went into it. And, like, go look up the sound design after you've seen the film of Sound of Metal, and it's incredible what they did. They were putting mics, like, on Riz Ahmed's chest to pick up his heartbeat. Oh, nice. More than they were picking up his voice. Yeah. They were putting mics inside his mouth to pick up, like, more of his, like, vocal cord, like, lower tone stuff. Yeah. It was amazing what they went through to convey that. And I would... It's a movie I really wish I would have seen in the theaters because there's so much that they do when he's... They they, they ground you in his perspective Mm -hmm. of losing the hearing. So they try to replicate that as much as possible. And it's really, like scary when yeah. it first happens in the movie but they do so much in the sub frequencies that i would love to see the film on a surround sound system with a good subwoofer mm-hmm. because there's so much of the mix that exists particularly when characters are talking to him that exists in the sub frequencies and it's really 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 hard to do that and also have it not come out like an affectation like we were talking about sure. and sound of metal does it and it won and so i was really happy i was really excited about that um because there's a lot that goes into sound. This is, uh, once again, ranty, and I feel like that's been my whole vibe this episode. I'm sorry. but No, we're indulgent uh, like the Oscar. Oscar the, Oscars I, I think, the rant yeah. episode. I think that it's it's really important to start recognizing that. And I, what I will say, so Jordan and I had a conversation off mic about how Jordan said he doesn't care about the sound wing of the, uh, the Oscars. Um, I clarified that. No, I know. Okay, well, hold on. Here's my <laughs> clarification. I'll make it quick so MJ can get back to his elaboration. Um I do care. What I don't care is what the Oscars think about it. So the thought and nuance that MJ just brought to that discussion, no, this is what the Oscars heard. Oh, the movie has sound in it, and it deals with someone who's uh, losing his hearing. Uh, Best sound design. Uh, That's as much thought as they put into it. I guarantee, because they put just as little thought into their foreign film nominations. They put just as little thought into their animated film nominations. Like, I appreciate MJ's take, but I said I don't care about sound, and let's clarify, I don't care about the Oscars' take on anything. Sure. Um, So what I will say is I think sound has been one of the categories that's had the biggest strides in the last maybe half decade. That's cool. Um, So it seems like they're really starting to take that a lot more seriously than they did. They combined it all into one category this year, which Mm -hmm. I'm of two minds about. I think sound editing and sound mixing are kind of two different things but i think most people don't know the difference enough to know what that is sure. so i kind of understand why they would do that for simplification's sake i think the people who vote in that wing were maybe a little disappointed by it but mm-hmm. i know i was because i i i know they usually win both awards like if they're if one is nominated sure. and the other isn't they're very different things they're very different things um, and this is the only time I will defend Bohemian Rhapsody. I think it absolutely earned its sound design and sound yeah. editing Oscars because they did okay. an incredible job 
restoring the Live Aid footage. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Um, that yeah. Live Aid sequence is really, really incredible um, from a sound design perspective. Mm-hmm. So I was not mad when that won. And that was the thing. That was the win where I was like, one, the only thing about Bohemian Rhapsody. Wait, I thought you told me that you specifically loved the editing and you were the one of the editing. only champions yes. for the editing <laughs> that's of that film. I really was. It's really <laughs> well put together, well assembled, not so confusing or hard to look at at all. Um, but so that was the thing where I was like, oh, they're actually taking this seriously and not just giving it to the Transformers. Like, cause sure. that's what was happening. Oh right? yeah. Right. It was well, that like, wasn't so recent. That, that, that's, that's in the recent past. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You said it's improved the last couple of years, but that has to be very recent. Oh yeah. Cause for the longest time, the Oscars were like, what's the movie that made the most money that year? Yeah. What's the most visually effects driven film that came out this year? Correct. That one has the best sound editing. Avatar for best sound or yeah. whatever it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Jack. Oh, we have Jack as a guest host yeah. on the podcast. He's chonky. He's chonky. <laughs> what's, um, what's your favorite film, Jack? Mink. <laughs> yeah. He also loves Mink, so now it's two against two. So. There you go. Thank you, Jack. I, I, I feel like I've been overtly cynical about the Oscars. Sure. Uh, I'd like to talk about something. You know, it's one thing, I think it's cynical, but it's one thing to fit a sort of diversity, uh, diversity quota. But something I've actually liked in recent years is the attention given to Asian American film or just Asian films in general, and the idea of what the foreign category versus the best picture category can mean. Mm-hmm. It turns out that you know a movie like Parasite can be nominated for best picture as well as best foreign film because we don't have to separate it as another. Sometimes the best picture should just go to the best picture despite what language is spoken in it. Mm-hmm. And just seeing a lot of the Asian American representation as someone who is or just general Asian representation, because like Steve Yoon, um, I believe he he was uh, he, he immigrated over to America, and then different things like that. So it's really nice to see people like that rewarded for their work. Where I feel like previously the Oscars had turned a total blind eye toward Asian contributions in cinema, unless it was the foreign film category. Um, so the Oscars, as far as what they're nominating, it seems not only based on race, but on film taste. Their their tastes are getting better. Mm. Uh, they still have a long way to go but sure. what's being nominated what's being talked about mm-hmm. it's aligning like this year there were so many more best picture films that i thought were actually i, I could have an Perfect. argument for yeah than yeah. most years and it is getting better every year mm-hmm. so to you know to end this on a sort of hopeful note i think that the oscars mm-hmm. ooh, the oscars are improving um and that should be noted yeah, I don't know, and I agree with you, and I also, like, I would say, it, I don't know how much of it is performative, because I think so much of Hollywood, in a literal sense, and also in a figure sure. sense, is very performative, but again, as I just said, a stopped clock is right twice a day, even if you're doing something to be performative, sometimes your actions, even if your motive isn't great, you could still be doing something good, which I agree with you. The I think culture. Even if they're just trying to do it to be more, and I could just totally be projecting, to be like, hey, we're trying to be more diverse, it's like... Well, even if I question your motives and how wholesome they are, you're actually doing something good, which is acknowledging other talent that hasn't been acknowledged before. So I would agree with that. And I think that's yeah. a good thing. Yeah, I think more more than ever, people are just kind of fine with what's winning Best Picture. Like, I know most sure. people like Parasite. Yeah. I know. It was so good. Parasite was oh my fantastic. God. Yeah, Parasite's great. Uh, oh. Fun fact, I'm writing a paper about it coming up soon. Fun. Nice. Um, yep. And the host. Um, nice. Uh, wow. And uh, Check out our Patreon to read MJ's paper. <laughs> That would be the worst Patreon tier. An audiobook of MJ reading. Also, paper. shout out to South Korean cinema. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. I have a very personal hot take about Nomadland, but it's not worth getting into mm. because it's basically just 
I watched too many movies like that that were too similar in That's my fair. foreign film class this year. Like that was it. Like okay. so, it just like. It, yeah. Some of the charm and like the novel, not novelty, I, that sounds exploitative. It sounds like the movie was being exploitative, but some of the, the novelty yeah. of, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. of the, the blend of actor versus non-actor was kind of lost on me. But that's, that's because Adherence to realism. Yeah, yeah. Yes, no, that that's sense. because it, I just spent 16 weeks watching movies that did the exact right. same thing. Nice. And so, also, Swanky did not get nominated for Best Supporting right. Actress. Right. Hashtag the best. Justice for Swanky. Yes, yeah. but it was, it was very good. I think Chloe's out more than earned her Oscar. And so I think yeah. everyone who sees that, like they, they also see like movies that are deserving and directors and performers sure. who are deserving of the awards that they're winning. So um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's performative the way people like to think of it. Sure. So. That's fair. No, I That's think fair. it's just genuinely there's a shift in taste. And I think mm-hmm. they're also, I, I, I could be wrong, but maybe they're getting more diverse perspectives on their board. Cause for a while it was like, 55 plus and the median age was like what 50 or something like that so i think their tastes are getting a little bit more modern and interesting from what i've heard maybe yeah so that's that's also a thing you know it's a lot of viewpoints it's like who is the one who's judging the taste it kind of reminds me of the same discussions people had about the mpaa now called the mpa um where it's like who's rating these films yeah. are these films actually being rated for content or are they being rated on judo judeo-christian values mm-hmm. so that's that's why i like about the oscars it raises the question is who are the tastemakers and what does that say about what we value yeah yeah and i think it forces people to think critically which i'm always for yeah for sure um, yeah sure you know it, it makes people think about the art they're taking in and then uh, you know, people will see what wins best picture, and then they'll watch about they'll watch it, and then for the most part, I think maybe I'm being overly optimistic. We'll think critically about that thing. Yeah, hopefully. Um, so, uh, you know, I think I think net positive. Uh, on yeah. That. So that's fair. Um, yeah, that's our Oscars episode, everyone. I Woo. think that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it was shorter than the ceremony. So. <laughs> So don't watch the ceremony. Just that. watch this. Yeah. Yes. Listen, um, listen to it. Remember that MJ's favorite film of the year was Mank. Lakeith, yeah. this one's for you. Shout out to our boy Lakeith. <laughs> Shout out to Mank. Friend of the podcast. Friend yeah. of Real Perspective. Yeah. Uh, I will give you each 20 seconds to pitch why they should support you in your uh, fundraiser goals for uh, the empty space. So to preface oh, this, uh, Missy and Jordan are competing to raise money for the empty space. <laughs> and you can donate either Team Missy or Team Jordan. And uh, which one of you wants to start? I will literally start a stopwatch. Jordan will go first. Jordan will go first. I will like to what? go first. Rude. Okay, wait, hang on, hang on. Let's, here. I feel like there's a fair way to determine there this. There is. Okay. All right, oh, hold man. on. We're doing, okay, so, so for those who don't know, what is this called, MJ? Schwazi. Schwazi. So you put your finger on it, and then does this, does this determine it's who's going first? It selects like one winner. Ah, oh, you're going man. first? No, I won. That means you have to no. go first. That means I get to choose no. who goes first, no, right? No, not at all. No, it, it, he was, we were determining to see who I went first. I was determining who goes first. Okay, I thought it was winner gets to choose. So, so Missy, you have 20 fine. seconds, and then MJ, you will cut us off after our 20 seconds. Wait, yes. hold on. So can we specify? So in case you weren't aware, if you haven't listened to the show before, and this is not my pitch, The Empty Space is a nonprofit community theater that both Jordan and I are on the board of directors for. Mm -hmm. Uh, We really strive to bring a lot of... So this is regardless of who you donate to, if you feel like donating, uh, we do strive to bring a lot of uh, non-conventional theater in a very closed-in space, which is very intimate and nice. So donate, uh, support local arts, support The Empty Space Theater in Bakersfield especially. So that's not my pitch. Yeah, no. And the the fundraiser itself is called Big... uh, Give Give Big Kern. Give Big Kern. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. So how do they find the website for that? Oh, I, I mean, you can always go to, I think, tesonline.org or something like that. Yeah, so uh, you can find The Empty Space on Facebook, and you can just go Instagram. to our yeah. site. If you literally just type in The Empty Space Bakersfield. Is it tesonline.org? Yes. Tesonline.org. Thank you. That's our board member, Nolan, who was just walking by. But yeah, so you can find us at many of those places, and then there are more details about the charitable foundation and things like that at those sites. Right, on different social media aspects, mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Okay, so why should we donate to me and not Jordan? Yep, ready? Three, okay. two, one, go. All right, we're doing the sympathy card. Guys, I don't know if you know this. Um, I don't have a colon. It was uh, when I was 20 years old, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, and I wish I was joking. This is also bringing awareness to autoimmune diseases and inflammatory bowel disease. I had had my colon removed when I was 22. Guys, I might not live as long as Jordan, so please donate to me uh, and to the empty done. space. Done, done, done. That. All right. Colon. You colon. Tell me when to start, MJ. Okay. Colon Three, privilege. Three, two, one, go. Uh, I was not entertained by the simple pleasures of cigarette burns in the film Mank, which I found to be uh, surface level and uninteresting. That being said, I'm going to play the real card. You should donate to Missy. I think she deserves it. She's Thank right. You. She doesn't have a colon. That's true. And either way, as long as you're supporting one of us, you're supporting all of us. So give it to Missy. Also, cigarette burns are dumb. Thank you. There you go. Colon privilege. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything that fancy to promote. I am on another podcast called Let's Jaws for a Minute. It it's is great. A, it's Jaws uh, dropping. It is. Yes, it is Jaws dropping. Get it the is merch a, too. The merch is yes, great. There is merch. Um, so it is a minute by minute or thereabouts breakdown of my favorite film of all time, Jaws. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, go watch it and then watch, uh, listen to the podcast. Um, it comes out every Friday. Um, we are 31 episodes deep, uh, but probably by the time you're listening to this, we have like 53 to go. When you guys just uh, got promoted on a, on a website, right? Or a magazine? Yeah. So yeah. Film Stories UK, just, uh, they reached out to us and they featured us as their, um, uh, my co-host is in the UK, so we count as a UK podcast. Nice. Um, and uh, they feature a different UK-based podcast every week. And we were featured on there about two weeks ago from the time you guys are hearing this. Um, which was really cool. So cool. Um, we're also we've been in the top fifty of uh, film history podcasts in the UK a couple That's so times. Cool. We were in the top, I think, twenty five or fifteen in Ireland once. So shout out nice. to Ireland. Um, there's a merch store for that. It's on Redbubble and Teespring. Follow the show on Twitter. The best place to find it is on Twitter at Jaws for a minute on Twitter. There's a link tree. We have all kinds of stuff. If you want to support the show, do it that way. All that's coming for Real Perspective. Once again, been a weird year. Also, MJ's moving to Colorado. Oh, no. Soon. So soon, guys. And uh, so we're, we're going to have a lot more remote episodes, which uh, sucks. But it'll be the But we're just going to come move thing. to Colorado and we'll come do a Yeah, if you... Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 20 and seconds for Missy's moving to Colorado too, guys. Yay! Yay! And Jordan you will also move. You heard it here move. first, and Jordan's coming <laughs> uh, too. <laughs> but quick, you know, MJ, about your Jaws podcast before we get off here. Mm -hmm. I, I've heard, I think it was the opinion of your Jaws podcast that you just bypassed the first film and start off with Jaws 3 The Revenge. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Okay, yeah. good. The so, best of the Jaws. So films. everyone knows that's MJ's favorite Jaws film? <laughs> yeah. I have not seen the sequels, famously. That's actually... Um, we have several episodes planned for when we're done with the film, nice. and the the sequels are one of them. Fun! Uh, because I haven't seen them. So, yeah, yeah check that out. Uh, that's all I got. Follow me on Twitter, at MJSmith891. It's the most active social media presence I have currently. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, you get to find out what I'm watching for homework every week. 
that's that's basically all I do on Twitter. That's why you're the bad me. guys. Yeah. Uh, oh, are we doing yeah. we're doing a social media plugs. Yeah. Uh, follow me at Adam Driver Official. Missy at Lakeith Sanfield Official. Lakeith, find me and follow me on Instagram. <laughs> You'll know. Uh, yes, yeah, she has a country western Lakeith uh, uh, Tumblr called Lakeith Urban. So please join. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, I meant Lakeith Ooh. Richards. <laughs> all right, that's all we have. Until next time, those puns are the bad guy. <laughs>